Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. It's official, dude. What's official? It's a dynasty. Dude. I'm a Vegas Cup dynasty, dude. dude. We're going to start the show. Here we go, dude. Dude. Here we go. I'm picking up the Vegas Cup, dude. You're picking up the cup. I've got it in my hands, dude. Slightly smaller than the Stanley Cup. And now I'm going to raise it okay. over my head. Yeah. I'm going to say, Vegas! Yeah. <laughs> Vegas! Congratulations, dude. Vegas, dude. Now I'm going to drink out of it. I'm extremely happy. I'm going to drink out of it. Okay, go ahead. You, you're it's little, pretty dirty, dude. You, dirt, don't clean, little, you don't clean the Vegas cup? A little dusty in there? I'm not going to drink out of it. Okay. But I'm going to put it here. All right. I'm going to turn it towards you. <laughs> Thanks. So you can see what you will never have. You're going to rub my nose it's in the it. The Vegas cup, dude. Yeah. Never won it. Never won it. Oh, 0 for 4. 0 for it's a 4. dynasty. People say the Blackhawks are a dynasty. I say no. You're a dynasty. Doug is a dynasty. You're a dynasty, a dynasty, dude. I have a dynasty. You should make, so sure, anyways, to, make sure to tweet at the Blackhawks. And tell <laughs> the season is over, dude. We officially entered the off season. The Sharks have oodles of cap space to work with. We've got some Sharks player news. The NHL draft is on Friday, dude. Where our boys might be serious movers and shakers. We have free agency beginning next week. That's right. So I, I don't know. Where do we start? Uh, why don't we wrap up the season? Do you want to say anything about the Hawks versus the Lightning? Or, Well, I mean, I, I think both teams were, were operating. Both with, teams play hard, my they, man. Well, they played, both teams played, played hard. They played, they played hard. They played a north-south game. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Lightning are set up to be a very good team for several years. You know, that, that right. team, everybody's giving Stamkos a bunch of crap. I mean, mm-hmm. just lay off. I mean, Seriously. come on. I mean, they're, they've got this, some decisions to make about some, you know, what are they going to do? Um, you know, Bishop seems to get hurt, you know, when yep. they need him the most. But and they have two good backups. They've got two good backups, so where will they go? I mean, that might be a bit of an under-the-radar player that might be available. Is Ben Bishop available? Maybe, mm. you know, um, because I think Valasevsky mm-hmm. is is capable of being that number one guy, and then they've got another guy even after that. So, or is it Vasilevsky? I don't know, dude. Sorry. I'm just not listening. Okay. He's not listening. Well, not that the Hawks don't have any... They do. They They're, have lots of problems too. They're they up sure the do. And people are talking about how someone's going to offer sheet sod. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of talk actually, and and uh, I mean we we talked about this when the Sharks did it to Jalmerson. Mm-hmm. That um, and I guess I never really thought about it this way, although it was the way that it ended up. But the way that the NHL insiders were talking about it on um, Hockey Central was that. The plan all along was to get on to Niemi, and they never really wanted Jalmerson. They forced the Hawks to sign Jalmerson, so they could not sign on to Niemi. Huh. And they said that this was what Doug Wilson is the only one who's ever used the offer sheet as a weapon like that. 
Right. And he said they were speculating if, you know, Doug Wilson or someone else might do that again. You don't think the Flyers did with that crazy offer sheet for uh, for Shea Weber? But what did they get from Nashville? What I'm saying is that the Flyers didn't get anything from Nashville because of it. Mm. They, I think they wanted Shea Weber. Yeah. And Well, who doesn't? Right. So, I mean, this would be a situation where I'm trying to think of two teams that have, you know, really great free agents. You know, let's, I mean, mm-hmm. say the Sharks offer sheeted, you know, a different Blackhawks player. They offer sheet sawed. Mm-hmm. The Hawks sign sawed. And then the Sharks are able to get Patrick Sharp. Pa- Patrick Sharp because of it, you know. Everybody says Patrick Sharp's going to be the odd man out. Right. And, you know, uh, that's a player that a team with a bunch of cap space and a need for a top six forward might be interested in. You could, could do a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, could the Sharks be a place where Patrick Sharp ends up? Possibly. I certainly don't think they're going to trade Sharp within the conference. I mean, I think he's yeah. going to end up in the East. In the East. He'll probably end up in the Flyers. That's where everybody ends up eventually. Pretty much. Um, but that's a player that he's going to be the guy. I mean, they tried to smooth over all their locker room problems, mm-hmm. but I mean, something was up. I mean, you know, yeah. don't you think? Something was up. So, and he seemed to be the guy at the middle of it. So, I think Sharp will be gone. I mean, you got to keep Sod over Sharp. I mean, people are talking yeah. about they're going to trade Seabrook. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, that you don't trade Seabrook. But you keep Keith and Taves and Kane over Seabrook. Yeah, but you keep the you keep the four of them. Yes, and then and I agree with you. You can't. I mean, they were already exposed at the at the back when they were essentially just playing three guys at the end. I mean, yeah. you know, and and Aduya is a free agent too. I mean, Aduya is probably going to cash in. Right. Aduya won't be back. So, yeah, are the Blackhawks primed to have a a, a slight regression? Probably because they're going to have to reload. But God, they were so good at it last time. They still figured it out. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get assets for their players that maybe have slightly inflated value being on such a good team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure they're going to be very active in the next few weeks. Yep, I think so. We'll do, why don't we transition and talk about Sharks news? Although we are in the offseason and we talked about the coach, Peter DeBoer, being hired last time, there has been other news, maybe not quite as uh, headline-grabbing, but other news has happened. Dude, why don't you run down uh, what has changed in San Jose since the last time we broadcast. Well, in terms of change, I mean, just more confirmation of players who won't be back. I mean, Adam Burrish went through waivers. He's been yeah. bought out. Surprised, dude? No. <laughs> I think we I all mean, he, was, he wasn't even on the Worcester Sharks. They lent him to a different yeah, team. They didn't want him around at all. Um, so something must have been wrong there, too. I yeah. mean, that they were just getting rid of him, completely getting rid of him. So Adam Burrish <clears throat> will be gone It'd be interesting to see if he finds another NHL job or if he is just plain old done. Considering he cleared waivers, I have difficulty. Well, believing. I mean, but no one's going to take him at that. They would have had to take his whole contract. That's true. Is he a minimum player? I mean, will someone sign him for the minimum? Does he go back to Chicago, play for the minimum? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you know, someone will probably take a one-year. If someone signed Havlat for a year, you'd probably take a flyer on Adam Burrish. For I guess. Year. Speaking of the flyers, it's probably <laughs> the flyer. Um Doug Wilson confirmed that Scott Hannon and John Scott will not be back. Any mm-hmm. surprises there? No, not really. I I mean, Scott was definitely not going to be back. It well, why like... was he here in the first place? To well, fix the locker room? Yes. And he did? No, he didn't. So he's gone. 
Yes. So it was John Scott's fault. Is that what we're getting at? Let's say yes. <laughs> Does he find a job in the league? No. I he's think out he, of the league? I think he's done. No. Paul Bissonnette's done. John Scott is done? John Scott's done. Paul Bissonnette was done last year, too. But he's versatile. He plays forward and defense. <laughs> Please. John Scott is done. We were we were the, the nail in the coffin of John Scott's career. Jody Shelley, too. Oh, well. Well, no, we traded. No, we did. We traded Jody Shelley to, to the, the Rangers. To the Rangers. Did we trade him to the Rangers? He was on the Flyers too. Uh, though, he he was. Oh, he 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 extended his, his career had a long life after. He yeah, left he did. The Sharks too. Good for him. Um, Matt Irwin and Auntie Niemi both the door left slightly ajar. Yes, on both players. Um, certainly surprising on the Niemi front. I guess those of us who read Kevin Kurz, he Kurz has been adamant all year. Niemi will not be back. Will not be re-signed. And now it seems there might be an opening. I guess the question is, uh, under what conditions and what kind of money are we talking about? I'm sure if, if Auntie Niemi wanted to play for the minimum, the Sharks would probably oblige. Well, you know, I think this is one of those situations where are the Sharks looking to upgrade at both those positions? Absolutely. Are they going to be successful? Maybe not. Maybe not. You know? Yeah. So if they're not, you don't want to alienate the two guys that you might have to turn to later Mm -hmm. in a few weeks and be like how about you come back you know Mm -hmm. it's a dangerous game you know uh there's certainly better players at both of their positions that are going to go off the board before they will will niemi and Irwin still be around after day one of free agency probably yeah yeah unless someone overvalues them um which is possible for matt Irwin, i guess you know you could see a team like colorado maybe um, so desperately wanting to upgrade their defense, overpaying him if they saw something in him that they really liked. But I just doubt it, you know, that, that he's going to be a guy that's going to cash in when he couldn't even get a regular shift. Certainly from our perspective, it seems like Matt Irwin got every opportunity to become a regular NHL player in a team that had two and had le- maybe even three full-time jobs available, and he couldn't, he couldn't secure any of those positions. If the Sharks are going to make any strides forward, both these players need to not be back. Yeah. If they're back, that that sends such they're, a... They're a poor, placeholders. That's a failure. That's a failure by the general manager if they're back. That means we didn't upgrade the team at all. Right. We didn't even try and make a change. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just going to roll it out there again and maybe hope it works again. No, it doesn't work. Time to move on. But right. I get why he didn't slam the door in their face. Yeah, the sharks are hopeful that Rafi Torres will be back. <laughs> yeah, are you? I thought we read this a year ago. <clears throat> Do you think he'll be back, dude? No, not in any meaningful capacity. No, you don't think Rafi Torres will play for the Sharks on opening night? Um, I didn't say that. I don't think he's going to make a meaningful contribution to the Sharks again. I think it's very possible he'll make it back into the lineup at some point. I find it almost impossible to believe that he's going to stay there. You can't play without a knee. It's just <laughs> part of skating. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor. Right. But uh, I think uh, you can't actually skate without knees. It'll be interesting to see when he does come back, if he is the Rafi Torres of two years ago or three years ago, I mean, yeah. or the guy who came back in the playoffs two years ago that was not the... um. He admitted he was playing on one leg. He, right, but he he scored. I mean, he was dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dangerous in the offensive end. 
I mean, could Torres reinvent himself as, I mean, he was a top 10 pick in the NHL? Yeah. A guy with skill, instead of being a pest, could he be a 20-goal scorer? No. No? You can't invent yourself at this age. I disagree. Under under these conditions. I disagree. I think we saw that he has the talent to do that. If you put him with a talented center, and we've got several, you know, you might... He's a finisher. I mean, he can finish. He's always known how to do that. That's true. So, it'll... Him as a bottom six forward, I would guess, is not going to be the case. I don't think he can play that with that aggression anymore. Because he's one more injury away from being done, right? He's not one more. (laughs) (laughs) You think he's done? I just, I am very skeptical that he can make a meaningful contribution to any NHL team given the knee issues he's had over the past three years. I I just don't think it's possible. We would both agree that the Sharks need to operate as if him being playing opening night would be a pleasant surprise. Yes, it's a bonus. And not something that they're counting on. Right. Okay, agreed. I completely agree. We still have no coaching staff other than Pete DeBoer. Are you right. surprised by that? I am. I am. I thought the, the coach usually has some latitude to just go out and hire some dudes. So what's the holdup? I have no idea. It's strange, right? It's either money or... The GM, or there, he just can't get the guys he wants, right? Wasn't there an old uh, coach that just signed with somebody else, Buffalo or something? Well, yeah, uh, Barr yeah. signed with Buffalo. Yep. And Granado went back to Detroit. Right. And everybody else that's been kind of rumored, um, Spot and Oates, mm-hmm. are still out there, as far as I know. Right. And I don't think there's a lot of jobs left i mean in terms of maybe there are on some other staff some teams have fired assistant coaches yeah there's certainly not any head coach positions left and i don't think adam oates is looking to coach a head coaching position at junior or at the ahl level well sometimes that can be a a bigger step to the nhl than just a assistant coaching job i mean Hmm. think of how many former head coaches are now assistant coaches so many right right I mean, every person who's tied to the Kings franchise right now used to be a head coach, as right. far as I can tell. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys. So you might be able to assert yourself more, make a, a bigger name for yourself if you're successful at the HL level mm. and then get brought up okay. that way. Well, uh, hopefully the Sharks will have a, a filled out coaching staff, but I don't think we should be expecting it. I doubt the Sharks are focusing on that too intensely with the NHL draft happening on Friday, dude. That's right. The most... Uh, intriguing NHL draft that the Sharks have had in several years where absolutely we have the number nine pick. There's a lot of good players, very impactful players mm-hmm. that would be available at the number nine. There's talk that the Sharks might be willing to move out of the number nine. If mm-hmm. they can get a player in return that might make an immediate positive impact. Uh, I don't know. Like, I just, I I don't, I can't imagine them doing that, trading out of nine. I can't either. And and we have an email uh, from Jules from Poland. We have a Polish listener. Yes. Which is awesome. Awesome. Um, His question is, does Wilson want to trade the number nine? Why does Wilson want to trade the number nine pick if he wants to rebuild San Jose? You think he wants to throw in the number nine pick plus Joe or Marlowe for an awesome player or goalie plus elite player? 
Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess that's possible. Um, the number nine pick. And I know James Myrtle talked in a column about the Sharks possibly oh, being interested in Dion Phaneuf. Jeez, Although I certainly don't understand how Dion Phaneuf and the number nine pick could be no. in a deal together. No, that's that's insane. Myrtle's written some crazy stuff in the past, and this is the Sharks being interested in Phaneuf. I don't know if that's crazy. That's not crazy. I don't think that's crazy. I don't know if I'm sold on that. I don't know if I like it, but it's not crazy. But I don't think it's crazy given that their need, the need that they have. But the number nine pick for Fanuff is insane. That that's not happening when Toronto so desperately wants to move him. You don't get the nine. <laughs> you don't get the nine for that. You, the, for moving, a guy that has six years left right, at $7 I mean, million if, dollars per. If the Sharks get Fanuff, dude, mm-hmm. it's going to be like what... It's going to be like what Wilson did to get Heatley. Mm-hmm. It's not that different of a situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's similar, right? I mean, you, you end up giving them pieces that you you don't want anymore, right? you know? And then you give them, you, maybe you give them your second, yeah. you know? Yeah. But you don't give them the number nine. I mean, that's that's crazy. Um. And I certainly I don't think that's going to happen. We can talk more about Fanuff, I guess, in a little bit. But I mean, with Jules's comment, I mean, let's play speculative GM. I mean, if the Sharks offered the nine and Marlowe for Malkin, yeah, would you do that? Of course you would, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you, I don't have to think about that too. Right? Hard. I mean, no. Of course you do that. I yeah. mean, of course you do that. You're getting an under thirty superstar. Yeah, yeah. In the prime of his career, like I mean, you. you, you I was do- I was talking to my friend who's a Penguins fan, and he says you guys are overestimating how much Malkin's hurt. He's not hurt that much. So, I think that I know we talked about how injured he tends to get, and maybe we're just. Uh, we only hear about the couple times in the past few years that he's had a fairly serious injury, right? But, but in general, he's been pretty uh pretty right. reliable so right. malkin's gonna it's gonna take a lot to pry malkin loose from yeah the and that's not even enough oh no but oh no um the only way the sharks move that nine i i think is if they got something amazing yeah in return and and i i think they want to add a player that's going to be an important part of the future of this franchise for several years and that could be, I mean, no one's ever a can't miss, right? Except for unless your name is McDavid, right? Yeah. But someone, Eichel's probably pretty we, close. What type of player? Because we don't know these. When you start getting past Eichel and and McDavid, yeah, you don't really know who these kids are, right? You know, what type of player do you want? Like what what position? Where do you think the Sharks have the most desperate need? Well. I guess if we look, if you look at what they don't have in the AHL, which is a lot of stuff, I, certainly every team can always use a great defenseman. You can I, you can never have enough. You're a hundred percent with me, dude. The Sharks do not have a blue chip defensive prospect. They don't like a like a guy no. who you're like, oh, this guy's coming. You right. know, he's right. coming. They've cycled through several that have been. Misses, mm-hmm. you know, second round picks, Petrecki, Doherty, Tennyson, 
not a second round pick, but right. guys who were going to maybe make an impact that have turned out to be zeros. Mm-hmm. Akolatse, Abdul Hauza, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mirko Mueller's not that type of guy. He's not, more not of yet. a Vlasic, right? Yeah. Not that type of guy. You know, you're looking for a dynamic player on the on the blue line. And there might be a few available at that spot. Dude, should I go to a crazy trade? We have an email with such a player. All right. Shall shall I? Dude. Yeah, sorry. This is why you don't win the Vegas Cup. Hey. I'm going off the rails on a crazy trade. All right, so we have a an email on this uh, from our uh, friend Mark. Okay, so Mark Mark has uh, crazy trades. Also talking about the Penguins. So the Penguins uh, invoking a lot of interest from different Sharks fans. Of course, Malkin we just talked about, but I think the Penguins are the perfect team for the Sharks to look for future defensemen. They have two blue chip prospects in Oli Mata and Derek Pouliot. And the team is desperate for young top six wings to play with Crosby, Crosby and Malkin. They may be an example of a cap strap team that the Sharks could entice by taking a bad contract from like Rob Scuderi, Pascal Dupuis, uh, Pascal Dupuis or Chris Kunitz. So here are my crazy trades. One, Oli Mata and Rob Scuderi for Hurdle in a second or Derek Pouliot and Rob Scuderi for Pavelski and Nieto. Well, the second one made me throw up. Yeah, the second one made me throw up a little bit. <laughs> but... Certainly, the operative people in these deals are Oli Mata and Derek Pouliot. Now, Oli Mata, I certainly know about because I'm I'm well aware of Oli Mata watching that guy play. Uh, he is by far the best prospect they have, certainly on the ice right now. I think he may have missed some games. Uh, he may have had some injuries later in the year, but Oli Mata is the real deal. He's the real deal. Um, and Derek Pouliot, I pull open uh, his hockey future site. Let me let me give you the uh, the analysis. Pouliot is an exceptionally mobile defenseman, offensive defenseman with elite vision and puck distribution skills. He has a blistering shot, can transition the puck with his head up and play a lot of minutes in all situations. He's not physically imposing, but is extremely strong and does not shy from battling for the puck in corners. This guy, uh, you know, that's that's pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty nice analysis, uh, a pretty positive analysis of a guy. He is, as of now, 5'11 and about 200 pounds, so he's not he's not a big guy. So... But it certainly looks like he's got some uh, potential upside. He's only 21 years old. Olimata, also a very young guy. <laughs> so the question is, dude, what do you think about Olimata? What do you think about these deals? I, I like the idea of adding both these players. And I, I get where Mark is going that I think, you know, uh, from the Penguins' perspective, they're going to part with one of them. you got to take a bad contract, too, like Rob yes. Scuderi, which is a bad contract. Not that Scuderi can't play anymore, but that's not, you know, yeah. a, that's a contract they're looking to get out from under but for a team that is as challenged defensively (laughs) as the penguins i don't know why they'd want to move either of these guys unless they were getting back a defenseman in return like i would think if you're pittsburgh you pick up the phone and you say hey um are you interested in olimata we'll take justin braun Mm -hmm. so they get you know, you're taking back a great defensive prospect, but they get back a real NHL, NHL defenseman whose stock has slipped a little. Mm-hmm. But he could play top four minutes for them today. Mata's upside way, way higher. Mm-hmm. Mata could be a star. Braun is going to be, you know, an above average player at best. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. I, so the, uh, um, your, your second statement was exactly where I was going to go, which is there's going to be a but in this statement, and that is it, which is. 
it's not as if the Penguins have a lot of D to just give away. They, right. they have plenty of defensive problems of their own. Mm-hmm. And for a team that has elite offensive talent today, they're not going to be looking to take a step back because they have two guys in Crosby and Malkin that are in the prime. And they should be trying to win cups now with that talent. Right, which is why I could see them trying to turn one of those two guys into a more veteran presence on the blue line and not like Scott Hannon veteran presence, right. <laughs> but like a, a player that could come in and play 20 plus minutes and be someone they can count on mm-hmm. to be a reliable presence back there. Whereas Pouliot and Mata aren't really weren't at that point last year. Yeah. You know, and in that situation, I mean, there's a lot of, pre- there's going to be a lot of pressure Pittsburgh this year Yeah, for yeah. them to push all the right buttons and make all the right moves. And so Mata and Scuderi for Braun in the second. Um, would you do that? Would well, I do that? You think the Penguins would do that? I don't think the Penguins I don't think do- the Penguins would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I wouldn't even blink. I would. I, if you could get Mata. You, yeah. And if you're switching Mata for Braun, I would do that straight up. Like, oh, of course. But I mean, you know, and then I would take Scuderi because he could play third pairing minutes. And you can, you have yeah. the cap space, yeah. and you're giving up a second. I mean, okay. I mean, like I, I would rather have Mata than have the second. So I would do that. Do I think the Penguins would do that? No, I don't. And uh, the second one we won't even talk about because Pavelski I mean, Mark, the and Shark, the Edo. P- Pavelski it, it, for Pouliot is that's not happening. Yeah, like this is a 40-goal score. Yeah, that's, that's... I mean, Pouliot's great, but he's not Jack Eichel. Right, and and... You know, I mean, if you switch it to Marlowe, yeah, well, that's the you know, I mean, then then you're going well. Then you're getting rid of Marlowe, who's on the decline, and somebody who's been part of part of the recipe of mediocrity, mediocrity. Yeah, and you're adding a a potential stud on the blue line, mm-hmm. and, but I don't include Nieto in that deal. You know, I mean, yeah. then you're giving up two forwards. For a team in the Sharks that are forward challenged and defensive challenged yeah. and goalie challenged. Right. So they just need three things forwards, <laughs> defense, and goalies. But it's the right idea. I mean, these yeah. are the kinds of things, Mark, that I think Doug Wilson is is looking at all options. And, you know, Kevin Kurz wrote an article this week saying, you know, the, the possible the Sharks could be very, very active, you know, at the draft on Friday. Yeah. They could be in the middle of a lot of stuff. They've got cap space, they've got a top 10 pick mm-hmm. you know they've got players it's been i mean the fact that it's been so quiet does that make you feel that it's possible that thornton and marlowe could be in play the fact that it's been so quiet no i you, still don't think they're in play i don't think either of them want to leave and they have the power they're not going anywhere that it's just so so silent about it see that's the part that makes me suspicious that Usually when it's silent around Doug Wilson is when something big is going down. Well, I think he opened his fat yap a couple of times too many this year, and I think he's learned his lesson and is not going to say that much. Well, I, I'm just saying, I, I'm putting it out there that I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if one of those two guys were gone. Oh, I, I wouldn't would be, be shocked. shocked. I would be drop I, dead, okay. fall down shocked. All right, well, I hope that doesn't happen to you because I value your friendship. <laughs> I don't want to see you drop dead on the ground. I'd, I'd drop down. I'd fall on the ground. But the fact that, you know, so much has changed that maybe this summer 
might have been the summer where they say I've had enough. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm just saying it's possible. Maybe. Dude, we also uh so that's some crazy trades. Talking about UFAs, why don't we talk about UFAs? We have an email to this effect, but why don't you introduce us on I mean, the other place where the Sharks could go certainly is free agents because you mentioned cap space. You know, sort of wrapping up the draft pick uh discussion, I would be very very surprised if the Sharks trade the number 9. I think this is exactly where they want to be. What's the what's the quote? that Wilson says this is probably the most important part of the transition process that we've gone through the past year getting to this point. So how do you interpret what's the most important part of the process, dude? What do you think that is? I think it is getting a young player that can make an impact on this franchise for years to come, like a Logan Couture Mm -hmm. at this spot Mm -hmm. when they picked at this exact spot, right? Yep. You add a player a 60 70 point forward or you add a you know impact defenseman and the sharks have 18 million dollars in cap space where they can take advantage of a team that is up against the cap and add one or two veteran players that make the sharks considerably better if the sharks at drafted a let's just say you know there's been some talk and i think this kid's going to be gone but the defenseman uh, Provorov, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that everybody and Fear the Finns written about this, and uh, some other blogs and their mock drafts have had him falling to the Sharks uh, on TSN this week. They don't have him falling; they actually have Hannafin falling and this kid rising. But let's just say one of those kids makes it to the Sharks. So the Sharks add an impact young player who you go, this kid's a stud. They're able to get Patrick Sharp, mm-hmm. you know, and they're able to get some other player from a team that's looking to dump. So now they've added two good veteran players and a stud prospect. That's what I think he's talking about. Right, right. Or like a real goalie, like a goalie, like a Cam Talbot type of goalie. Right. That you go, real goalie. Oh, they're all real goalies, Doug. Yeah. But, you know, a player that you're, like, excited. If we had Cam Talbot, I would be excited. I mean, I would too. Although it seems like his, all of a sudden he's like, He's uh, the big star, the Hollywood star right now, Cam Talbot. I think yeah, and he, who's going to blink? I mean, it, who's going to blink? Edmonton's going to blink. Yeah, they're going to pay for him. They're going to pay for him. They, they, they've, they've got three first-round picks, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. They, they give, them, give them the middle one. You know what I mean? Right. I, and for them, I mean, they're really in a spot where they can't screw around anymore. Yeah, they're done. They have to take advantage of Connor McDavid. And the Sharks Starting will. Starting now. The Sharks, the Sharks might have offered their second. I heard that you know they've already turned down offers. I read they've turned down offers of two second round picks. That that wasn't enough. Whoa! So for a backup goal, I know for a while. I mean, so if that's the case, Whoa. then no thanks. No, you thank know, you. then no thanks. I mean, the Sharks shouldn't be going crazy here. So where that leaves them in terms of goalie, I don't know. But that's what I think that means, dude. What do you think it means? I I completely agree with you. I think it means that we get a player, a young player. That also means that the Sharks are not going to have to pay huge dollars for a long time, which means not Malkin. I'm not talking just a great player, but a player that could be great that we won't have to pay $7 million a year until the end of time, which cuts out Fanuf and Malkin, assuming you think they're great players. Yeah, we either use the number nine pick on a young player, draft eligible, or we trade it for a guy that fits that description. It's just that simple. We have to, it's, it's the time, the most important part of the process for Chicago was drafting Jonathan Taves. 
Right. That was the most important part right. of their rebuild. Ah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and and so you got to make that pick count. I mean, they had the number one, so you do that. Or number three in the case of Taves. But, you know, the Sharks have to make the pick count. So could the Sharks move up? I think that's very possible. Could the Sharks package the nine and something of good value to move up to three or four? If they felt like there was a player there that is a can't-miss kind of guy, right. they might do that. I mean, maybe that's something no one's really talking about that. That would be much more likely, in my mind, than trading down to get a veteran player. Like, that to me seems like... That seems to be a, a very tone-deaf move, saying, oh, yeah, we're one veteran player away from being a cup contender, not, which is ludicrous. That's that's not what's going to happen. None of the None of the message has pointed in that direction. But I do think that they're going to look to add one or two veteran players, not at the end of their career, but still very useful, that they can get from teams that are in bad cap situations and get them for not much. Right. And if we're talking about Dion Phaneuf, who I don't like his contract, I mean, we don't want to be paying him $7 million for... Six 20, more years. Six more years. Yeah. But if you can get him for nothing... Yeah. Nothing. Right. You got to remember Thornton and Marlowe, they're coming off the books in two years. Too. Right. You get them for nothing. Like you, you, you're not giving a great return. I don't know. I mean, maybe I would certainly listen. Maybe. I mean, but you're not going to give them an asset. No, you can't give them something great. You don't give them an asset because they would, they want to get rid of that contract. They want, so they, you know, they're not dealing from a position of strength. And Doug Wilson is really good at those bent over the barrel <laughs> trades. Yes, he he's is. really good at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where he excels. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, dude. In in a year where I've been one of his, you know, loudest critics, right? And say, okay, you know. Show me, because you've done this before. Right. Show me. Make the right moves. Yeah. Okay, dude. Let's talk about goalies. We have an email from Tracy talking about Craig Anderson being the one in Teal. Yeah. Not Robin Lehner. Not. She could be right, dude. <laughs> she could be right. Um, we've, we've talked about it so much. Yeah. You know, when we talk about these players, like when we talked about Brian Campbell, yeah. like over and over and over again. Yeah. Some, when we talk about them that much, they're just destined to be in Yeah, I guess you're right. It, I, it's going to be Craig yeah, Anderson, Yeah, I think it's it? going to be. Well, I, I think it could very well be Craig Anderson because that's that's exactly the, that type of situation. Right. Ottawa doesn't want to pay him the $4 million mm-hmm. when they have, you know, uh, the Hamburglar. They sign that college goalie. And let's say that they trade Leonard. Mm-hmm. And they trade Craig Anderson. If you're Ottawa, yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. and and get rid of the money. I mean, they might do that, but I'm not giving them anything real value. No, for Craig Anderson, he's a good player. I mean, he's yeah. he's the best goalie available. Mm-hmm. I I think we agree on that. He's a better goalie today than Cam Talbot would be. Oh yes, but in five years, yeah, no, probably not. So. Not impossible, and actually, because we've talked about it so much, actually, highly likely. <laughs> Tracy also likes Barry Jackman, dude. UFA interested in Barry Jackman? I was like three years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean Barry Jackman. He's not in that Scott Hannon category, dude. No, but, not even. But um, in two years, he'll be Scott yeah, Hannon. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think that that is the type of player that 
I mean, it's it, there's a difference between Barrett Jackman and Francois Boschman, who we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Boschman is is way better right than now, Jackman yeah. right now. Way better. I mean, Jackman is basically being told to go away by the Blues. He's got the he's got the Scott Hannon and Doug Murray problem, which is he's not fast enough for the league anymore. Right. And that's not a guy you really want to take a flyer on in unrestricted free agency because sometimes that speed problem can get a lot bigger a lot quicker. And yeah. I don't. I don't want to see him three months into the season just get him, him getting beat to the outside. And God bless Doug, Douglas Murray for doing the best he could possibly do to mitigate those kinds of situations. But it became very obvious yeah. that he was overmatched in the league. When you got a bunch of young, fast guys in the league, you don't want to see Bear Jackman suiting up for you, getting slower almost by the day. That just doesn't seem like. I think the Sharks are way more likely to go in the direction of a younger unproven player like an Ole Mata or Derek Pouliot than signing a player nearing the end of their career no matter what he says mm-hmm. Barry Jackman says he's still got more I don't know right. you know oh he's, the a, Blues... he's, a, he's a good player I mean won the Calder trophy I sure all I have liked Barry Jackman as a player his entire career but not now but not now I don't think it's the right move for the Sharks now no if the Sharks needed a number six guy and they had cap room and they were gonna, and they're on the, the brink of the cup. And they're on the brink, and they then need that's an, the guy. That's the guy. But no, not now, not now, dude, not now. Okay, well, I think we're out of emails. Um, anything left, dude? Anything yeah. Else? Well, um, Matt Bolesky is a player that uh, <laughs> I, I have. So, this makes me laugh. Matt Bolesky is a player that has been talked about a lot. That he's rejected all of the offers from the Ducks. He seems to think he's primed for a big payday. Right. He he's, is. He's entering. I think he's 100% right. He's entering the UFA uh, season as, you know, the top unrestricted free agent forward. And there was chatter that perhaps the Sharks are one of the teams that are oh. looking at him oh God. the highest. I didn't hear that. I I am not excited about that oh, I am, at all. I'd rather have Villy Leno. I think that this is the <laughs> same situation. This guy has been a product of playing with two great players in Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff. He's, and, he's Villy Leno without no, the talent. Dude, I mean, let someone else give him $6 million, I want no part of this. No, None. I don't want any part of it either. I mean, how is this different than Devin Setaguchi? Or Cheech. Right. I how, mean, how is this any different? It's not. It's the same. I want no part of Matt no, Bolesky. I don't want whoever either. signs him, I'm going to laugh at that at that team. I hope it's not us. It better not be. Oh my god, I'll be really upset. Like that's not. That is not the type of player. Dude, I could score 35 wanna... points if I was playing the wing with with uh, Perry. He's Gessler. one of those guys that scores 20 plus goals, but he has no assists. Right. And until this, I mean, until this year, right? No I mean, one he even was knew guy, who he was. The guy, who the hell is this? Yeah, like, yeah. Good for him. Like I hope he. I hope someone else gives him stupid money. Yeah, and but I, I'm not. Not saying us. You shouldn't get a job or you no, shouldn't get a contract. Not I'm just saying us. I'm, oh my god! Please no. Yeah, there's been a lot of guys who have had a big con- a big year that just happens to be in their contract year. They go and get paid, and then you know it doesn't quite work out. <laughs> off. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I mean, in terms of uh, unrestricted free agency, I mean. Uh, the Sharks have never had any luck there, dude, you uh-huh. know, and I guess we can get a little more into it. Um, by, well, well, when does when does the free agency period open, dude? The first of July. So on Wednesday. So we'll probably podcast before then. huh? Yeah, we'll try and see if we can get a get a 
we'll have a a, uh, a draft recap, a draft recap, then. and then a preview of of UFA. I think it's way more likely that the Sharks are going to be active in the trade market where they can take advantage of teams' situations than the Sharks being able to convince anybody. They weren't able to convince anybody to come when they were Stanley Cup contenders. Yeah, and now they're at the middle of the pack. They're not going to be able to sell somebody uh, uh, an impact player. Mike Green's not going to come here. No. Why would he come here? Dude, final final point. It was proposed on uh, the comments on the blog or for, for the last podcast there. There should be a poll of all Sharks fans. What is more important? A, making the playoffs in 2015-16 and exiting early, or B, being a cup contender five years from now? Obviously, Hasso would pick the first option. Not sure about the fans. Dude, what do you think of this uh, theory? Well, I mean, I know what option we would pick. Well, sure. I mean, and and it, it's you want to be you want to win the cup. That's what it's all. I, about. I don't care if we make the playoffs. I mean, dude, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, like the fact that they weren't in the playoffs this year, I was still watching the playoffs. Like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't turn off hockey. Like, I I'm much happier with them being in the position that they're in, and looking forward to the future than just middling around. In an early first round exit, like that's that we we don't need to do that, right? So, but what would the fans pick? I would think the fans would pick B. Of course they would. I would think so, dude. But not every fan. I don't think this is really a fair question to ask. Because I think there there are a couple of rebuttals to this, but I, maybe the most important statement is: Would Hasso Plotner, the owner of the Sharks, actually pick option A, making the playoffs every year? Maybe there's financial considerations that go with that. Too. Of course there are. Now he says he wants to win the cup, but um, but the extra money that comes from making the playoffs is a factor for a team that makes loses money. So right, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. You know what what uh, what he would pick. What what makes most the most sense? I mean, the thing. And first of all, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors, dude. We haven't oh, said yeah. this, dude. It's just, you hate basketball. Who cares? But That's this is why I care, dude, and this is why this is important. Okay. When the new owner came in to the Warriors, he made some really, really hard decisions. He traded the he he didn't trade him himself, but he was, I'm sure, behind the decision to trade the franchise's most popular player in Monte Ellis. Yeah. He got booed. Mm-hmm. He got booed when he came on the court and like addressed the fans afterwards. They booed him. They're not booing him now. No. And those are the kinds of hard decisions that you have to make. They made smart decisions. They made the right decisions. They attracted players to go to that team who had other options. Andre Iguodala, the finals MVP, had a ton of options. He took less money to go to the Warriors and win, and two years later, he did. Mm -hmm. So the Sharks are going to have to display that sort of story or savvy to some of these players to get them to come. The culture that they've built right now is not that much different than the Warriors culture. It was dysfunctional, Mm -hmm. really bad. And they just, they got rid of some of the people who are responsible for that, brought in some new people and changed it up. And I hope that the Sharks are looking at that. Changing the coach is a step in that direction. Right. Adding some new blood is a step in that direction. So, they're going to have to make some hard decisions, though. They, they, they're they going to have to part with some guys that might hurt. It might hurt again this year. It might hurt a little bit. Right. 
and I, I don't think anybody's going to be. I mean, this is a guy that owns. He's worth billions of dollars, right? Right. I mean, and I'm not saying like five or ten million dollars is like not a lot of money because it's a lot of money regardless of what your paycheck is or how much you got in the bank. Sure. Okay? Five million dollars is a lot of money. Sure. And I'm sure he's not happy losing money on the Sharks. And I'm sure from a purely financial perspective, he knows that, you know, he'll, he'll be more likely to make money if they make the playoffs every year. I get that. But the thing is, you build more loyalty for the team. I mean, think of how many people are now going to be Warriors fans for the next few years oh. because they won the Cup. And if, this, if the Sharks make it to the first round and lose and the second round and lose, then the narrative for the Sharks will be the same narrative we've seen for the past few years, which yeah. is this is a team that can't get, a, get it done in the big game, and this yeah. is not going to be a team that's going to attract new fans or keep the fans that they have. We're going to see exactly what we've seen, which is existing fans getting sick of it. Right. You know, and actively, you know, basically discouraging new fans. I don't think Hassel Plotner wants that, even if he gets a, a few extra bucks for selling some more tickets at the end of the year. Right. So I, I don't think he's, he's that, and I, I don't necessarily think that... You know, the, the problem is, is that the model for the past six years has been you have to suck royally in order to get great. And that's the tough choice. And it seems like the Sharks are unwill that they do not accept the, the legitimacy of that proposition, which is, OK, we have to really blow for a while and get number one and number two picks for a few years in a row. And only then can we get good. Right. That's that's the risk the Sharks are taking. That's the biggest risk I think that they're taking. Well, I think they're also looking at it in, you know, this is the most important phase, right? Drafting a good player, using the cap space appropriately mm-hmm. to take advantage of other teams' situations, being good, developing these young players, and then they're going to have, you know, Thornton and Marlowe likely gone Yeah. after this deal expires i don't care what everybody's saying right right and you use that money again now you've got even more money right to be able to bring in more players and acquire them in that way so you know they're taking a different approach to it we're gonna know a lot in the next couple of weeks dude i yeah, think we're we gonna know a lot because uh teams are gonna be looking to make some trades before free agency gets started i mean if teams want to be active in free agency these uh, teams that are up against the cap, they got to clear that space before they get involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sharks might take advantage of it as early as Friday. So we'll see, dude. I'm very much looking forward to the draft. This is going to be the most exciting draft in years. Mwah. He's kissing the cup. Vegas Cup! Vegas, good for you. So excited for your win. All right, dude. I'm excited for the mission. Show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.